I know you've seen it. The cute little two-year-old with the big bright brown eyes and an almost magnetic smile. They capture your eye with their charm and wit. They almost seem like they've been here before. They just seem to say the darnest things at the right time. And you, like me and many others, will marvel over how in the world they know what to say at almost the exact perfect time. It's almost like in their two years of living, they've managed to develop their personality, which is like above and beyond that of a 22-year-old. The sass, the attitude, the whole package. They are just too cute. But really, let's honestly ask ourselves, where exactly is all of this charm, this attitude, this sass, where is it coming from? You know they didn't learn it on their own. Not in all of two years of living, they didn't. And then it finally hits you. They're just a product of their environment. Kids are like little sponges. Yes, they are. Constantly observing and imitating everything they see or hear, whether they understand it or not. It's called imitation. We've all heard of it. We've all experienced it. And we've all done it. At the very least, it's really how we as humans, it's how we learn. It's how the seed of our culture is developed. It's how our personality is formed. We all learn about new things from our surroundings, from our family, from our friends, and from those we look up to. It's totally normal. Imitation is normal. But what about when you have those who don't learn to begin to implement and do things their own after the initial stages of imitation? You've seen it. She's the one you begin to notice. It kind of comes off a little subtle initially, just, just a little bit. You think, am I crazy? Did she just, is she, did I just, did she just? O-M-G. She's copying off me. No way. You know, you buy a pair of heels in red, then she ends up with a pair of heels in red. You take on the hobby of collecting refrigerator magnets and then just all of a sudden she's totally obsessed with the very exact same thing when she finds out you're very favoritist bass player is Esperanza Spalding, then all of a sudden she somehow ends up with every last one of Esperanza's albums on vinyl. You cut your hair, she cuts hers. You switch to wearing a red lippy, and by George, you've guessed it, she also switches to wearing a red lippy. Oh my gosh, ugh. It's almost like you feel trapped, you feel frustrated. Why can't you just be you without the looming frustration of this friend taking every measure to become who you are? The nerve, right? I mean, you finally got to a place in your life where you actually kind of sort of like being you. Weird you. Awkward you. Confident you. And you can't even enjoy it. Can't relish in your uniqueness because you've got this friend, your friend, right? While you love her so, she seems to be 
desperate in trying to become what you are and who you are. I mean, they say imitation is the highest form of flattery, right? (laughs) Wait, 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 wait. Highest form? Flattery? Flattered? How about frustrated? Who is they and what do they know about imitation? Who came up with that saying anyway? Whoever they are probably have never been copied off of before. I'm sure. I'm certain. So let me ask you something. Is this you? Has this ever happened to you? Do you know someone who this has happened to? Are you the one that's been accused of copying? Girl, I know you're probably beyond irritated or shocked if you find yourself on the copy end. But wait. Today on the Whatever's Lovely podcast, we're going to talk about copycats, why they do it, and what you can do, how you can help them, and if you're the copycat, what you can do to overcome this feat and really truly be who you are. So grab a blanket, some Doritos, and a sweet tea, and let's dive in. Whatever is lovely. Okay, 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 okay. Let's get this fire going, shall we? The thing that spawned me to talk about this um, this topic is outside of a personal experience. Um, I've been copied before um, by actual companies. Uh, protect your intellectual property, y'all. Like, for real, for real. Um, I've been copied by people. I mean, the whole nine. But that's not what inspired me to tap into this subject. So at my church, Advanced Church Columbus, shameless plug, we've been talking about the subject of identity crisis. Um, And unfortunately, there are many people walking around without a clue as to who they are and what their purpose is. And like when you cruise through Instagram, you know, trolling profiles at 1 a.m., You see bio after bio after bio of people telling you who they are based on what they can do or what they want you to think they do. We are in like such a day and age where people think who they are or their identity lies in what they do and what their skills are and what their hobbies and interests are. But like even more pressing, with social media becoming a part of our culture and everyday activity, it can really become a place where those who are searching for an identity and those with low self-esteem can find a comfort and a shield in what they see others do. Even in some kind of bogus profile online or some kind of puffed up profile online, there's a security blanket behind that. If you aren't careful, the simple act of logging onto Instagram can breed discontentment. Like, if you haven't mastered being content in your own life, logging online and seeing other people's joy and happiness and highlight reels can absolutely further feed discontentment, sadness, depression, frustration in your own personal life. Particularly when faith is an issue for you. When you don't have faith or when you struggle in your faith to trust the timing of God in your own life, seeing somebody else's perceived highlight reels can definitely cause you to feel dissatisfied and unhappy. Trust me, I've been there often. (laughs) 
paralleling that same posture when you're struggling with low self-esteem, a simple swipe to the right on your screen can cause you to think even lower of yourself, like the lower in how you feel like you look. You know, Instagram is notorious for Instagram models. If you struggle with uh, low self-esteem based on your appearance, Instagram definitely could be a place. It could be a trap for you in, in feeling worse about your appearance. Um, it can make you feel bad about your talents and abilities. Everybody's got these magnanimous profiles of all these amazing things they do. Everyone's an entrepreneur these days. Everyone's starting businesses. And if you are not doing those things, you can certainly feel down about yourself. So this past Sunday, um, I was tagged to speak on behalf of my husband who has, you know, he wasn't really feeling the best. Um, so he wanted me to cover the subject of mastering rejection. OMG, I got tagged at like eight in the morning and I had to speak at 1030. Nah, girl, I wasn't stressed. I'm lying. I was like shaking in my boots, literally um, stressed. Like I don't even have time. I like to prepare my messages a certain way. I like to think and meditate, take time and research to be very thorough. My thorough researcher, my outlines, talking points. Mm -mm, not Sunday. That didn't happen. So because I didn't have a whole lot of time to prepare, um, I was able to go back on my notes. And thankfully, I was able to pull on some things from the Fulfill Conference that I spoke at a few years ago on the same subject of rejection. So I know the category, the topic, the theme at hand is talking about copycatting. So what the heck does that have to do with rejection? Just hold on right there, Grasshopper. I'm finna dive in a little bit deeper. So just ride with me just for a little bit longer. So... I won't go all the way into the subject of rejection. You can absolutely 100% listen to my message on overcoming rejection um, from the Fulfill Conference to get the full backdrop and to help you further tie this thing together. Um, that episode is available through the Whatever's Lovely podcast, and I pray it blesses your entire life. It was really birthed out of a place of brokenness in me that God really put his finger on and really brought me a long way. And I pray he does the same for you if that's an area that you are struggling in. So the first thing I want to say is that we are all loved by God, first and foremost, right? The Bible actually teaches that he loved us first. He pursued us. He saw us. He loved us. In fact, God loves us so much, right? We all know how this next part goes, that he sent his only son, Jesus, to die for us and die for our sins. You see, after we, man and woman, were created in God's image and his likeness, there was a little or not so little fall in the Garden of Eden where our homegirl Eve was convinced by this serpent to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil um, and then to share this forbidden fruit with her bae Adam, right? So the sin was because God said no. He said nah. He said that if you eat of this tree, you would surely die. Now, this death God was talking about wasn't a physical death, but a spiritual one because it would separate man from God because man would now be uh, sinners. And God is a holy and righteous God who cannot sin because he is God. He is pure. He is holy. He is love. So it was the act of eating from this tree um, that brought sin into the world. So from that very day, man was separated from a holy, blameless, and spotless God. But God, being as super duper dope as he is, always had a way of escape. So because he was digging us so tough, like his creation, what he formed and fashioned by his own hands, he loved us so hard that he could not bear being apart from us. That's a deep love, y'all. 
So he sent Jesus, an innocent man, to take on the sins of the world in order to repair the separation that occurred between us and God because of the sinning in the garden. You with me? All right. So rewinding back a little bit. So we got one fact straight that God loves us and he loved us first, right? So we were created in the image of God. What an honor, right? Like when somebody tells you like, girl, you look just like your daddy. Like if, if daddy look good, that's an honor, right? If, if somebody say you got the, you got those Johnson eyes, you got that Smith smile, or you look just like the Smith girls, and you know, that's, that's an honor in your family to carry on traits, whether it's a nose, whether it's eyes, a dimple, a smile, that is an honor. And that's not just something that's, um, you know, known in the Western world. It's also something known tribal. Um, when you study different tribes in Africa, there are certain traits um, that are passed down to different generations. And people are very proud of those traits, whether it be a gap in the tooth, whether it be um, a height. There's so many different things that um, are character traits of different tribes and different communities and different countries. So it is an is considered to be an honor to look and resemble that of your family. So because we were created in God's image and his likeness, that is a great honor that he chose to create us to, um, to be like him, to look like him, to, to, to mirror him. That is an honor that we um, are formed and fashioned after the God of the universe. There is no higher honor. It's an honor to be like God. It is an honor that he created us this way because he loves us. That is an honor to just be loved by God. He loves us like love, love, like love, 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 right? So despite our shortcomings and imperfections, um, he accepts those that belong to him. If you listening have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then he has accepted you. Right. That's a, it's a reciprocal type of thing. You accept me. You accept my son. I'm going to accept you. It is an honor to be loved and accepted by the living God. Y'all, the living God, like God, like right. God that created the universe. Right. That created the earth, the heavens, the firmament, all the animals, all the trees. Like God did that. Like he did it. Every star in the galaxy. God did that. That God loves us. Like, right. An eternal God loves us like an omnipresent God who can be everywhere at the same time nobody who loves us so much that he wants to be with everybody equal amount of time so he's omnipresent to be able to spend time with everybody that he doesn't give more time to me than to you and to you than to somebody else that is a loving God I wish I had the ability to multiply myself like that and to be able to spend time with my kids and my husband but I'm human, so I have to divide my time up. God doesn't have to be divided up. He can be everywhere at once. He loves us so much that he wants to be with us all the time. He loves us so much that his spirit lives inside of us. Our bodies are a temple of his presence because he loves us and can't be separated from us. So he wants to dwell on the inside of us. Y'all, that's a deep love, right? So I can hear you asking me again, what the heck does this have to do with copycatting? Okay, I'm going to break that down. So we acknowledge two things, right? God loves us, number one. Number two, if we belong to God, if we've accepted his son, Jesus, and, you know, as, as our Lord and Savior, and as his son that was sent to earth to die and take on the sins of the world and rise on, or rise on the third day and is now seated at the right hand of the Father, we accept Jesus, so God accepts us. We belong to him. We are his. We are God's property, right? 
So you remember that sin thing I talked about in the garden? Well, with sin, in came a plethora of stuff that God never intended for us to have to deal with to begin with. One of the things was sin. Now, God created us to frolic in the garden and to have fellowship with him and to be in communion with him and relationship with him. I also believe that with sin came winter. I don't believe winter is of God. I just can't imagine God just creating something so cold and, and um, unpleasant like winter. But that's just my own opinion. That's not scripture or anything. Right. So anyway. So with the sin in the garden, um, along came a bunch of stuff that God never intended us to have to deal with. So whether that's sin, um, sorry, I got to adjust myself here. My leg is falling asleep. <laughs> sin and illness, those are just things that God never had the plan for us. He never, that was never his plan for us to deal with, right? But that was our choice because of the sin in the garden. So of, among that sin, one of the things that we have to deal with is rejection, right? So listen to this. When God gave Adam and Eve the option, right? Because God's not a controlling God. He doesn't control our decisions or what we do. Um, we always have the option to decide whether we choose to obey and do what God says and to follow after him or do our own thing, right? So when God gave Adam and Eve the option, they chose to reject what God said, as far as not messing with that tree, not eating up that fruit, they chose to reject that and accept what the serpent said. So at that moment, rejection entered the world because they rejected what God said and came into agreement with the lie that the serpent said. So that is the first episode, the first instance that rejection came into the world was that when they, Adam and Eve, rejected the truth, right? They rejected life. They rejected freedom. They rejected the honor and privilege to walk with God in the garden. And they came into agreement with and accepted to take on sin by believing the lie of the serpent, right? So because now we all have to deal with rejection in this world, Many of us um, often struggle with overcoming it. Rejection is hard. <laughs> it is not easy. It's like 12th grade math. Rejection is hard, right? Even though like the crazy thing is we all deal with rejection um, on a day-to-day -day basis. Like it's hard to deal with. Um, it's not easy. It starts early, often in the womb. Can you imagine that rejection can start when you just like... You just swimming around in there. You you just trying to make your way and you don't even realize, right? Because some parents reject their unborn because they don't want children. If you don't want your child, you are rejecting them before they come into the world. Maybe the mother and father find out that they are with child with a boy, but they want a girl or vice versa. It's still rejection. When the child comes into the world, the child experiences rejection in the home if he or she is abused. If he, if he or she is left in the hospital, abandoned, that is rejection. When there's daddy issues, how many of y'all out there have had daddy issues where your daddy don't know how to love himself because his daddy didn't know how to love himself because his daddy wasn't there? Maybe your dad wasn't there. Maybe because of whatever choices your dad made, he wasn't in his life. Most women in those instances grow up with daddy issues. When daddy doesn't know how to love, baby struggle. Well, mommy can't love you because she doesn't know how to love herself and she can't love you beyond the extent of her character. There's rejection. When a parent dies, rejection and abandonment can seep in. 
when the child has no friends on the playground. You're a loner, you're bullied, you're made fun of, you feel left out and rejected. With every breakup, rejection. A damaged friendship, rejection. You didn't get the job, rejection. Your application was denied, rejection. You decide to venture out and try that new hairstyle you've been thinking about. Girl, you thought it was cute on you, right? But you went to go show your homegirls and they laughed at you and, and had all kinds of jokes to crack and memes to send around. You feel silly and embarrassed, right? Rejection. When the love of your life, who you give your all to, breaks your heart and cheats on you, rejection. When you experience failure, rejection. And each of us have experienced one or more of these scenarios. I probably have experienced at least 75% of them personally. I mean, rejection has shaped how we deal with people, how close we let other people get to us. If we even take that risk, if we start that business, if we apply for that loan, we take that chance. Rejection even can form and shape and fashion our faith and our walk with God. I mean, this monster has affected us all in some way. And unfortunately, as much as I love social media, it has become the landscape of, you know, for those who are rejected, for all of them, us, to aimlessly scroll with no end, looking at image after image after image that further makes us feel more and more and more less, (laughs) more or less, if you could say that, it makes us feel less. So you end up finding an endless number of profiles to secretly follow. I mean, you screen grab images for ideas, inspiration, hairstyles, meals, organization ideas. I mean, it could be a great thing, but it can also be a very harmful thing if it falls onto the wrong things. And like, honestly, um, social media has begun to breed a new generation of people who are hurting and don't know who they are. You know, it's a lot of courage behind that screen, a lot of courage uh, using those thumbs to type in the comment section, you know, from different people in different walks in different places. People, a lot of people are struggling with knowing who they are. Um, And a lot of people believe that they're not enough. I mean, that was a place in my life where I felt like I was not enough. When I started um, my hair care business, let me tell you, whatever insecurities you personally have in your life, and I've said this many times and I'll say it again, will find its way into your business. Um, I started naturally smitten as a very insecure woman, even with the security I found in, you know, going natural with my hair, I still had a long way to go and it affected me and my business in so many negative ways. And it, you know, there was a lot of opportunities I didn't take advantage of because of my lack of confidence and because of not feeling like my product or my line was good enough. So not only are people like us feeling that they're not good enough, um, Maybe maybe you're one that feels like you're not pretty or successful enough. Maybe you feel like you should be further along in your career. Maybe you feel like you should have a house by now. Maybe you feel like you should be married and have children by now. Maybe you don't like your body. Maybe you're a little heavier than you feel like you would like to be. Maybe you want to tone up a little more. Maybe you're older and you, you, know, you miss the days of youth and you are feeling insecure about aging gracefully. So a lot of times in these instances, you know, it's not abnormal for people to look to those around them to find things they like, you know, things they wish they could be, inspiration, you know, um, 
following celebrities whose lives that you might admire or or mentors or, or people that are successful, people that you wish you could be like, man, that life must be nice to just have money, to just have money at your disposal and be able to travel and have the guy and have the shoes and have the career. So you follow people online that you wish you could be, you know, you, you, you look into and start screenshotting and saving things you wish you could be lives you wish you had and like when you're hurting and you don't know who you are you can very easily begin to collect pieces here and there of this one and that one in hopes of creating who you want to be because you feel like you're not enough because I don't feel like I'm good enough maybe if if I do this they'll like me maybe if I dress this way I'll get more attention or I'll feel prettier this is how copycatting starts The definition of a copycat is one who imitates or adopts the behavior or practice of another. People that struggle with copycatting um, copy and imitate others because somewhere in your life you've been rejected and or they've been rejected. And um, once you have experienced rejection in your life, it's very easy to turn on to rejecting yourself. And when you come to a place of rejecting yourself, it's because, bottom line, you don't love yourself. You don't know who you are. Maybe you hate who you are. And you would be willing to take on the life, the character, the habits of someone else because you are afraid of being who you are. Because you have a disdain for just being your natural self. People that mimic the personalities of others aren't necessarily in the the learning phase like the sassy two-year-old I mentioned earlier in my intro but these people have come to a place where they don't love themselves because when you learn by imitating and mimicking as a younger um, child that's how you learn and eventually you come into your own but oftentimes as adults when you've been so scarred hurt and bruised by rejection you are afraid to come out of that imitation and that mimicking that copying phase because there's fear in not knowing who you would really be if you weren't imitating or copying someone else who you deem has the confidence you wish you had. People that struggle with this don't know who they are in God. They don't have, they don't know what their identity is and their purpose is in God. These people that struggle with copycat, and I'm not like saying it like, though, that group over there, I have absolutely in my entire life struggled with copying. There have been instances, let me just tell myself and free myself for a little bit, (laughs) but there have been instances in my life in different periods where, you know, because, and a lot of times I didn't even recognize it until hindsight is 2020, you know, I would look at some of the clothes I would buy, some of the things I would pick up as far as the hobbies I would get into, even some of the things I would say. And they would be direct replicas of people that were around me that I admire. Like, wow, she's so pretty or wow, she's so successful or she's got all this going on. Maybe if I do this, I can be more like her. If I, the, the way that, you know, she dresses, it's so like, oh my gosh, Like, I wish I could dress like that. I'm going to start dressing like her. Like, I actually had a friend in my life one time, and the way she dressed, I slowly began to dress like her. Like, the way my pants fit, the shoes I had, the shirts I would wear, the way I would put things together. And it wasn't necessarily because I liked the way she dressed. I was just so 
enamored by her like she had this amazing prayer life she kept her house so clean and so organized she was pretty she was smart she knew the word and I was just like she's everything I want to be so just without even trying I started dressing acting talking like her I even started to notice girl to my laugh started to change and sound like her Tasha what is wrong with you <laughs> Now, this was probably 10 or so years ago. However, um, I can certainly identify with those that struggle with this. So I'm definitely not saying anything I'm saying from a condescending place. I'm absolutely saying it with love and from a place of, girl, I've been there. And let me tell you, there is hope, life, and freedom on the other side. Trust and believe, okay? <laughs> so people that struggle with copycatting, somehow somewhere they've deemed themselves unlovable unlikable not interesting enough not unique enough not pretty enough not successful enough not having enough um so they'll see a trait or a hobby or a characteristic in someone else and say i will be better if i was like that or i wish i was like that so i'm going to do this i'd like myself better if i did that um or they're doing that they're so cool i really want to be like them so i'm gonna do that too you know um, it's as ridiculous as it sounds, you know, when I was doing the copying, the shoe, I would get shoes like this girl. I would get like socks like her. If I could wear my hair like her, I probably would. Um, but I just really admired her, but it got to an unhealthy place because I was searching for myself and I found what I thought I was in this friend of mine. Um, so you know, after a while, um, by the grace of God, he really began to deal with me concerning my identity. And I was able to see like, wow, I'm really dressing like this girl. This, this, this is not cool. You know, I even got a dining room table that was exactly like hers. And her son was like, what? You got a table like ours? It was bad. It was really bad. But she was like my very best friend. And I loved her dearly, loved her, loved her loved her and if she would have said something to me about it I think it would have crushed me and broke my heart I just would not have been able to take it at that stage in my life and I'm thankful that God was able to kind of pull me out of that but had he had not girl I'd have needed an intervention okay like I would have needed people to sit me down and be like Tasha you are not such and so you are Tasha so you need to stop dressing like her talking like her laughing like her and don't buy no more furniture like her <laughs> So people that like struggle with copying really don't have the confidence in themselves to be themselves. Um, people that struggle with copying don't love themselves and they don't believe that anyone can love them for where they are or who they are. Okay. So people that struggle with being copy or being the copier, copycat, uh, have been rejected somewhere in life and they end up returning and rejecting themselves. I ended up returning and, re you know, turning on to reject myself. I didn't realize that that's what I was doing, but I was basically saying my personal style is not unique enough. I need to be like her personal style. The way I laugh is not okay. I need to make my laugh sound more like hers. I was afraid to step out of what I, so it was almost like I had to wait for her to make her move until I made my next move. Who wants to live in that prison? That's not freedom. Um, but that is the place I was in. And I was in a very, very fragile and broken state in that in, during that time of my life. So, like, if you're the one being copied, I totally understand 
it is very easy to become frustrated with the person that's copying you if you're on the receiving end. Totally understand. I have been the one on the receiving end of that. And I haven't always been the best at handling that because I'm human, not making any excuse. But a lot of times your flesh and your emotions scream louder than wisdom, understanding and patience and grace. Okay. So just to say one thing again, imitation is the natural way that people learn. All of us have done it. We've imitated someone or something, right? But when you have someone that doesn't move beyond imitating, you have a person that is struggling with severe rejection and they haven't learned how to master or overcome it. So here are some ways to deal with it if you're on the receiving end um, of someone copying you. And then I'll tell you some ways that if you're the copier on how you can overcome it. So talking to the person that is being copied, right? Here are three things that you can do to overcome it. Number one pray right sounds cliche not so much right we have a privilege of praying to God not everybody's prayers reaches God um so be thankful that if you are his you belong to him you've accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior and you uh, have a personal relationship with Jesus that your prayers actually reach heaven amen that is a privilege like I said everybody's prayers don't get to reach heaven so be thankful yours do so yes Pray, number one, step one, pray. The most invaluable, invaluable thing you can do is pray for the person that's copying you. Pray that God will reveal the that person's identity to them um, and that God will give them the deep inner healing they need. Like pray this healing, like pray it and mean it. Pray for their brokenness. Um, pray for his confidence and his boldness to rise up in them so that they can discover who they are in him. Like ask God to give you his heart for them because you don't want to be praying out of frustration and anger. You want to be really praying from a heart of like, I want to help them. Okay. Number two, you may have to confront this person if it's really severe, but you got to do it in love. I hate hurting people's feelings. I hate confrontation, hate, 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 hate. So I'm saying, not saying step two, like it's an easy thing, but I also know that people in this state are very fragile and you don't want to damage somebody. Um, that's, that's the, that's the worst feeling is that knowing that you've hurt somebody, right? When you could have just, especially after the fact, you ever hurt somebody and then after the fact, you're like, man, if I was just a little more patient, a little more tactful with my words, or if I would have just took the L you know, now I got to be walk around feeling all like a big bully because I've hurt somebody's feelings. You, you don't want them problems, trust me. Okay. So you don't want to damage somebody. So in fact, I would pray and ask a mentor, a pastor, somebody that you're walking with in your life, how you should deal with this. Because you honestly, you might just have to eat a slice of humble pie or a whole humble pie and allow God to do his work and his time. And that person, you may not be re- release to tell them anything confronting may sound like it'll feel good that you can finally say girl quit copying me you a mess oh there can only be one me the world can't handle two times like (laughs) you might think that's gonna feel good but like only god really knows the fragile state of our hearts so it may just be a matter of you getting over yourself (laughs) and having some grace for the person that's copying you 
we've all been, all of us, all of us, like the most successful, the most gorgeous. Everybody at some point in their life has been on somebody's nerves, last nerves, and has been the thorn in somebody's side. So we haven't always been like handled awfully. A lot of times we've been handled with grace. So we have to learn to extend that same grace to other people. Like know that this person that's struggling with copying you, that's somebody's baby, that's somebody's child, somebody's mother, somebody's father, friend, brother, sister, aunt, wife, husband. And like you, like myself, wouldn't want somebody handling nothing attached to you with any kind of disrespect, right? Right, right? So you want to make sure that you handle people the way you would want your loved ones handled and deal with them the way you want your loved ones dealt with and cared for and loved and, and gracefully, you know, welcomed. You want to treat them with that same love and honor. So step step three is to help them. You know, we as God's children are all commanded to love one another and what? bear one another's burdens that fulfills the law of christ to bear one another's burdens did you know jesus bear our burdens by taking on the sin of the world that wasn't none of that sin was his fault that fulfills the law that's like that's like a principle that is a biblical principle taking on one another's burdens like the best example we have that did that was jesus right because he did it without sin jesus was a bad boy jesus is a bad boy how about that so this person may not know like what they're doing. They may not even realize they're copying. They might, but they might not. A lot of times the rejection is so deeply rooted and it becomes so much a part of your personality. If somebody is copying you, nine times out of 10, they don't realize that it's offending you or hurting you. Nobody is copying you to get on your nerves, right? They're copying you because they admire you and they there are traits about your life that they want in theirs and even though it sounds silly they may be getting all the shoes all the clothes adapting all your hobbies and your sayings and trying to pursue all the dreams you're trying to pursue because they want your life because they hate theirs and they don't, may not realize that they don't think that their life is interesting enough they don't think that their style is good enough so they're taking on yours that just comes with influence everybody wants influencers but you realize when you influence people you are influencing them to make decisions that kind of sort of mimic and look like the decisions you make or the decisions you think are good that is what influence is so making sure that you handle influence with the utmost wisdom is going to be important um so because we are commanded to bear one of those burdens and this person may not know what they are doing and how it's angered or offended you or offended you pray and ask the lord for a strategy in helping them um like maybe God is going to give you his heart in doing that so you can walk with them in life and show them how valuable they are. Trust and believe if they admire you enough to copy you, you telling them something that is going to build up and encourage them is going to mean the world. You can probably reach them in a way that most people can't because of how much they look up to you. So take advantage of the influence um, and the, the special place they have you in their heart, as long as it's not like totally unhealthy, like, you know, creepy, kind of healthy, unhealthy. But um, you can absolutely 100% be the person that reach them, reaches them in a way that no one else can. Um, so make sure you're doing everything in love and not to have the agenda of just trying to get them to stop jocking your style. You know, do it in love that you really want them to um, embrace who they are. And to walk in their boldness and their identity and to fulfill the purpose that God has for them. 
So if you are the one copying, first and foremost, I just want to say you are enough. You are good. There is nothing wrong with you. You can be your own and have your own. It's a beautiful thing. You are God's beautiful creation. God loves you. He has accepted you. And you don't have to spend another day trying to become something or someone you're not to win the acceptance and change the perception of others. You don't have to continue living outside of God's truth. He is waiting to write on the pages of your book, a book that won't look like anyone else. Don't mute your colors in your song another day. There is nothing wrong with inspiration, right? I think, honestly, there's a misunderstanding on what inspiration really means. To inspire means to excite, encourage, or breathe life into. It does not, and I repeat, does not mean to imitate someone or to do exactly what they do. Not to buy exactly what they buy or to take on the hobbies and the things that they're into. That is not, right? That is not inspiration. God created us all to be very different and unique, right? He wanted us to be so unique that there are millions of fingerprints on each of our fingers of all the people that ever lived on this earth. He is so into detail that no two blades of grass look exactly the same. No two animals are exactly the same. And that everybody in the world is a reflection of God's traits because we are all created in his image and in his likeness. There is just an infinite amount of uniqueness that God has poured out. And don't, not for another day, think that your uniqueness is any less than what God has intended it to be. So because of the differences in uniqueness that God has strategically placed in us all, Uh, He all, I believe he created like a combination in all of us to draw different people into our lives for his person, for his purpose. Gosh, I'm stumbling over my words today. So when you try to copy someone else, you mute your story. You mute God's greatness in you. Even if it's something as simple as like wearing the makeup the same as somebody else or picking up the same hobbies, not because you like them, because but because the person you admire is into it. The bigger picture is copy and imitation. It's the behavior and the root of it, not just the simple things you take on. So pray and really ask God to begin to uncover the identity that is hidden in him. Our identities are hidden in Christ, not in things or in other people. Your identity is not in someone else's hobbies, in their hairstyle, how they dress, um, being friends with this one or that one. Um, It's not in wearing what she wears or doing what they do. Your identity is in him and only in him. If you try to find it anywhere else, you will be unfulfilled and you'll be just, just not satisfied. You'll still fill that empty gaping hole because only Christ can fill that. Like nothing, and I mean no thing you can do will separate you from his love. The king of all kings loves you and absolutely adores you. You can come out from the mask and no longer have to hide in the attributes of others. Like you don't have to. You don't have to continue rejecting yourself. The master, the very master of this universe has accepted you. He has accepted you. The God of the universe. 
he is more important than the Oprah's, the Beyonce's, don't come for me, Beehive. Like, he is more important than anybody that has ever, okay, ever come in and out of any of our lives. The God of the universe who knew you before you were in your mama's womb. He formed and fashioned you with his hands and said, it is good, okay? He has accepted you, all of you. You don't have to crave the attention from others and to continue allowing the cycle of unhealthy relationships to circle around you because you are desperately trying to fill a void that only God can fill. You can be free today. I just pray that you would allow God to minister to every broken place, every hurting place, every suppressed memory, every hidden thing. Lord, I ask that you'd release your healing power, envelop every listener, We destroy every work of the evil one who would desire to keep your people from knowing and embracing who they are in you and that would desire us to continue hurting and offending one another so that we're always in a constant state of hurt and pain, not experiencing your joy, your freedom, your deliverance, your peace, and your healing. Today we speak restoration. We speak confidence in your people, Lord, that your boldness let it rise in each of us and let your anointing fill each vessel that is listening. God, your children, may you get the glory out of all of our lives to everyone that has an ear to listen to your heart concerning the things that matter to you in this time. God, I thank you and I praise you in Jesus name. Amen. I just want to thank you so much for listening to this episode. I pray that I said something today that blessed your life. And I pray that you are healed and that you are able to overcome copycatting or being the one that is being imitated, okay? That you can have grace for the the copycatter, that you can have patience, that you can have love. And for that, those that are struggling with copying, that you today received the freedom that you need to walk boldly and unashamedly in the way that God created you and that you know that you are loved and accepted by God. Thank you all and be blessed. Until next time, bye loves.